Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. Okay, I have a brand new friend that I cannot wait for all of you to meet. I already feel like we're sisters and we are sisters and you'll find out why we're sisters here in a moment, but Anne Mincy Jatan, she is an incredible woman. I have actually been wanting to meet you for, I think it's been a year actually, Anne, because a good friend of both of ours, Scott uh, Fortner, he wanted to introduce us because he said that we're just alike. And so I, I'm sure we'll find out sooner than later that we are just alike. And reading your bio, I've been floored because I'm like, oh my gosh, I do that. This is so crazy. And so I cannot wait for my friends to get to know you. But first of all, thank you for being on the podcast, the Be Amazing podcast today. It's an honor. Thank you very much. Wonderful oh. to carve out time for each other. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh, this is so great. You guys are going to love her. So Anne Mincy Jatan is a prominent public speaker and trainer, and you'll hear all about that as well. But her passion is called Marketing with Heart to Women. And she's a certified trainer for both heart math and laughter yoga, which I cannot wait to hear all about it. That's the kind of yoga that I would like actually, Anne, is laughter yoga. So I'm all in. I'm all ears. And she was the first success as a field representative for Redken Laboratories. And she was a global communication uh, position director for Redken Acquisition by L'Oreal USA. And she advanced a vice president of public relationship relations. And she's known by her colleagues, get this, as the heart of Redken. And I tell you, this is so cool because I think I'm like the heart of Paul Mitchell. So we're like all about being the heart, which I think is incredible because we're all in and we'll talk about that as well. And you received numerous awards, the North American Hairstyling Awards Hall of Leaders, New York Women's Agenda, Star Award, Intercopier Lifetime Achievement Award, Heart Math Lives Touched Award, and the Professional Beauty Association Legends Award. As a Spirit of Life honoree of the City of Hope, she helped raise $1.4 million for breast cancer research and retired from the corporate life in 2009. She's also the author of the book, Get Glowing, which I have it on order right now, so I cannot wait to read it. You'll have to tell us all about your book. And, and she also, another friend of ours, a mutual friend is Mary Wilson. And Mary Wilson has taken several of our master classes with our brand new coaching company as well. And I just absolutely love her. And you do a destination rejuvenation, retreat with Mary in Laguna Beach, California. So you have to tell us about that. I'm hoping that will happen this year. I hope uh, with COVID restraints lifting, let's hope and pray, right? That that'll be happening. And I also love the fact that uh, Megatrends uh, book 210, The Rise of Conscious Capitalism, they coined you as the person who taught them corporate soul. And I, I wanna hear about that. And you're also the director of Nexus Church Women's Ministry. And you and your husband, who's also a pastor, um, is a certified prepare and rich marriage consultant. And that you often refer to your current work-life balance as the double life of the pastor's life, wife, keeping one foot in a stiletto and the other in the ministry. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my, I don't even know where to start. And it's so funny because before I even do these, um, do these interviews, I always ask like, what adversity have you gone through? And I have to be honest, Anne, I have never had anyone which is with as much adversity as you have. And I'm like, where am I going to start? We're going to have to do an eight hour interview or something here for sure. But oh my gosh. Okay. So let's start on this. I want to know about you as far as why first and foremost that you even got into the beauty industry. I always love to hear that story. <laughs> Thank you again for reading through all of that and whatever piece of what you've just heard uh, resonates with your soul. I hope that we can touch on more of that. I'm really more interested in your audience than I want to be interesting. So um, I hope that you will uh, just bear with us and perhaps there'll be something that will resonate with your heart. I was uh, graduated from high school in Ohio, grew up as a preacher's kid. My dad told my sisters and me, if the bottom ever drops out, you can always come home. And so after I graduated from college in Oklahoma, got married early, got divorced very early from that first marriage and took my dad up on his offer to come home. So I lived with my parents for a year and didn't really know what direction I was going in. And a friend from high school had opened a salon and it happened to carry Redken products. And they hired me as a receptionist just to stand at the front desk and make appointments and take the money and sell Redken shampoo. And this was 1974. So it was very early on in the retail end of things. Fast forward the story, after a year of being at that position, our salesman, Bob Richmond, came in one day and he said, there's a job at Redken that you would be perfect for. And so I applied and I got uh, got the job and it was being a field person, a field representative starting at the very lowest salary. Um, I got in my car with all of my possessions in the back seat and I started driving around the country and came out to California for my first training with Redken. And then after that training came up to Portland, Oregon for my first seminars that I was attending as a new trainee, just learning the Redken way. And it was on a Saturday night in my hotel room that I turned out the light and laid down and I thought I heard the word look. And I thought, well, maybe look means Luke. Maybe there's some place in Luke I'm supposed to look, Luke in the New Testament. So I got up and got the Bible out of the hotel drawer and began looking up Luke, what, where in Luke and the numbers four, one and seven came. And I thought Luke 417. So I looked up Luke 417 and it was the scripture where Jesus was saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has appointed me to preach good news to the poor and to heal broken hearts and to uplift the downtrodden. And I stood there, Tina, with that Bible in my hand and I thought, oh no, I'm being called into the ministry and that's not what I wanna do with my life. I had grown up in the church and I knew what a local church ministry was all about and I loved it. I never begrudged being a pastor's kid. That was, I wanted the red carpet, you know, I wanted lights and camera and makeup and pretty clothes. And so it was at that moment that I felt the spirit just simply saying, this is your ministry, this industry, this beauty industry, where all the attention is on the outer appearance. I want you to bring good news to the heart of every 
professional who stands behind the chair and creates magic every single day with their clients. The creativity that they have, the knowledge that they have, the skills that they have, these will be anointed when you go in and cheer for them. They can do it. So that's what we did. And I went on the road training stylists. Not, I'm not a hairdresser. I never went to beauty school, oh, but wow. I started training them in what I believe clients like myself are really interested in that's personalized attention listening just like you're doing right now with me giving them advice and um recommendations just for them and building up a client relationship that has confidence that has trust and and as i was watching those women come and men coming in and out of the salon when i was working there i just thought this place is a place of transformation and the the trainings that i got to give over the years to salon professionals was about the transformation that they have within themselves taking care of themselves first before they even pick up a blow dryer a pair of shears or a brush. So that's sort of in a nutshell how all of this happened. So it was both a, uh, a financial boon to me to be able to get a job because I was completely out of work. And it was also a spiritual boon for me to know what my life's calling was. And now 45 years later, still connected with Redkin, although not on a day-to-day -day basis, but still connected and doing trainings and I still am connected to that original calling of bringing good news, which I think our world needs now more than ever. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. This is crazy because my, I have a very similar story. And this was 20 years ago. I'm actually celebrating 20 years being a Palm Mitchell school owner. But it was actually about maybe a year before that. My husband, uh, who was a lawyer, he just retired as a lawyer a couple of years ago. Uh, the funny thing was, is he came to me 21 years ago or whatever. He, I think he even told me it was 25 years ago, but who's counting, right? And, but he basically said, hey, I want to buy this cosmetology school because I think it's going to be a ministry for you. And I didn't want anything to do with cosmetology. I'm not going to lie. But when he said ministry, the hair stood on my arms and I was like, yes, this is what God has called me to do. Because I remember at that time, I mean, this is quite a few years ago, you know, like 25 years ago and, and women in ministry, I, I, it wasn't that common, right? You know? And so I remember thinking, like, what am I going to do? You know, I could continue to do, you know, all of these kids, you know, Sunday school classes and things like that. So when he said that, and so now, you know, fast forward, you know, 2021, and you're hearing more from pastors about being kingdom entrepreneurs. And so I know, like, I feel like in my heart of hearts, like this has been a ministry for me, a business slash ministry. And the same thing with you. I, I'm watching these kids come through our programs. I own cosmetology schools and salons now. And it's interesting watching them go through the program of just not loving themselves. And so, like you said, you know, transform transforming people, not just in the outside, but on the inside. So you and I definitely do share that, that comment. And I want to hear, because what, what did uh, Redken coin you uh, that you said that they coined you as, um, as the, um, the corporate um, soul, as a soul of the company? Talk about that. Yeah, I think it really has to do with the fact that I never 
wavered from that first calling. And so as a woman in business, very often it shows up that women are competitive with each other and very often they will go around each other's back. They don't hold each other up. They're not supportive. And I learned early on that that whole scripture about judge not and be not judged. And when a colleague of mine, a female colleague of mine would get a promotion or she would get a raise or she would get some kind of recognition, I would be the first one there to, to say, I'm so happy for her because I learned that someone else's achievement or accomplishments have nothing to do with what God has planned for my life, right? Mm -hmm. As successful as you are, I can be your cheerleader because I know that that's part of his divine purpose for you. And it doesn't have anything to do with whether he's going to withhold something from me because you got yours, right? And mm -hmm. I think mainly uh, because I've always just been a support of not only the women in my in my life, but also the men in my life, that I I was just always dubbed this soulful, heartful uh, employee. And uh, it was interesting, Redkin used to give an atom, an atom, uh, for every 10 years that you're with the business, they would give this charm that looked like an atom. We were the scientific approach to hairdressing. And I looked at the atom one day and what it just looked like if you took the atom and turned it around any way you saw it, there was a heart in the middle of that. And I made that point at a sales meeting one year. And that just sort of stuck as well that Anne was the one that introduced the fact that there was an atom in the middle of the heart or a heart in the middle of the atom. And over the years, I just became known as the heart of Redken. And I always wanted everyone, especially after I retired, to realize that we all have a heart and we are all a heart of whatever it is that we are doing. If I'm a hair color expert, if I'm a hair design expert, if I'm a business expert in this business or whatever business your listeners are in, yeah. or if they're in their, and or if they're in their home, they can be the heart of whatever is going on. And when we come into a situation where there may be conflict or argument or dis, um, disagreement, if we come in with that pure, pure love out of a pure heart, divine love out of a pure heart, it can actually change the atmosphere of the situation. So I think that's where that whole corporate soul and heart of Redkin thing came from. And I was proud to bear it. Took a lot of responsibility. There was a lot of responsibility yeah. to uh, yeah. carry the banner. <laughs> I love that so much because I always tell people that you should not only love what you do, but love who you do it with and love who you do it for. And I never really understood and why people work for a company where they don't like who they work for or who they work with. That, that, that just didn't make any, doesn't make any sense to me. And so maybe you have some advice for someone right now to, to make sure, like I'll tell my future professionals in my school, like make sure, we call it creative love, you know, love what you do, love who you do it with, and love who you do it for and just make sure that love you know is there and and so maybe you have some advice for someone right now that's maybe struggling with that right now and so that they too can be coined that phrase be the heart of your company i mean what what a great 
what a great thing to strive for. And I always felt like I was that person, no matter where I worked, if it was in dentistry, I left dentistry to do this, you know, I'm going to give it my all, like I'm going to work for God and not for man, you know, like it's just going to be who I am. And I even did that. Be, I think before I became a Christian, you know, it was just like in my soul to be that way. So let's kind of talk a little bit about that. What's your advice? Yeah, well, you know, we're human. And even though we have the spirit that lives within us, there are still those moments when we just don't have it to, um, to give. And so it's in those moments that we have to realize that we have this supernatural power, this wonderful love that wants to just pour through us, that it's not something we have to muster or generate within ourselves. And this is a lesson that I've had to learn over the years because I just felt like I can do this. I'm strong and I'm physically healthy and I've got a good mind and I have good relationships and I can just, you know, make, make my way. But what a relaxing, refreshing, rejuvenating thought it was when I realized I don't have to do this in my own strength, that God is there to pour through strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. And so ra rather than relying on my own creative resources in trying to get along with somebody, and I have to tell you, I've had a couple of people, only two that I could come up with right now, names of over all these years, that I just, I, I never battled with them, but I, I just have had a hard time finding it in my heart mm -hmm. to love them. And so it's those folks, those two people that I constantly have to just give to the Lord and just say, here, love, love them through me. And that was one of the things that turned me on so much to my dear husband when he was asking me to marry him. He said to me, God wants to love you through me. Mm. And so that very thought that God wants to love even those most lovable, unlovable around us, God wants to love them. And the way that he can do that is through us. And when we haven't got it to give, he will give it to us. We just need wow. to ask him and trust that he will because he promised. Yeah, I have never heard that before. And I, I'm going to steal that. God wants to love you through me. And, and I love that so much because I think, you know, something that a lot of people aren't feeling. And, and I think especially now, uh, and, and, and I just heard our pastor speak yesterday and he said, there's actually more teens dying of suicide right now than COVID. And it just really shocked me to the core. You know, I wasn't aware of that statistic. I, I of course have stayed away from the media the entire time. I, I just, I just been on my knees praying, you know, that God just, you know, it, you know, takes control of this country. I know he's in control. Right. And, uh, but just continue just to pray and talk about that right now. Maybe someone's on here like yeah that's cool yeah god loves tina and ann you know they're good people so he loves them uh but they don't love me because i'm not a good person like talk to them right now i feel like someone's listening right now that's really battling this right mm -hmm. now none of us deserve god's love he he doesn't owe us anything but he died jesus came he died he loved so much that he gave his life what more could he give and so because of that, we have this enormous capacity that he has given us to take all of what we have done and said, the regrets, the, um, 
the shame, the guilt, all of the stuff of our past and just pour it out over his feet and just say, here it is. You've asked for it. Here it is. Sometimes I think about it as a big Santa Claus bag that I just put all of my stuff in and then I just sling it on him because he said cast. Actually, he said casting. It's like continually casting all of your cares on me your cares, your worries, your strife, your anxieties, your fears, cast it all on me because I care about you. And if we could truly accept how very much he cares and loves, not in a religious sense, but in a personal sense, Mm -hmm. he's our friend, he's he's our companion, he's our partner. He can give us the idea we need in the moment. He is giving me these words in this moment. I prayed before we got on the air. I just said, you know what? Not I, but Christ speak through me. And he can do that for every single one of us. And our responsibility is completely to believe that and to allow him to do that. And then just just see what he wants to do. It's truly pretty amazing. Yeah, it really is. It's so awesome. And I love that you're telling a story. I remember I was only 18 years old when I actually, it was the first time I ever heard this story about this God, Jesus dying for me. And, and I, I was, a per, I mean, at 18 years old, and I'd never heard before, you know, cause I had never stepped foot in a church and, you know, my family didn't go to a church and I heard it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally want in. Like, how do I do this? You know? And so my sister really helped me through that process and my life was forever changed. And, and I can't even imagine my life without God. And so, you know, I was 16 years old and uh, when I wrote a suicide note to my family and it, it, life is empty without him. It's empty. And I'm living proof of that. And, you know, but again, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to have a perfect life. Like we're human and, and you've been through a lot of trials and tribulations. And so how is it that you've been through, you've been through a father, your father and mother's sudden death, You've mm-hmm. been through your sister's lingering ALS death, which I just heard about that a few years ago when they started doing the ice bucket challenge. I had no idea that anything like that even existed. And you, you were 9-11. I mean, 9-11, hello, you were an eyewitness. I want to hear about that as well, too. And you've been through an earthquake, two divorces of unfaithful husbands, I mean, how is it, start with this, how is it that you were not able to give up on God after going through all those trials and tribulations? You know, it's interesting because I did grow up in the church. The hymns of the church, the songs of the church, the choruses that we learned in Sunday school, Jesus loves me, this I know, deep and wide, deep and wide, all those songs are so buried and tucked away in my heart that whenever I would be in one of those horrendous moments, I would would not so much fall back on scripture or even pray, but I would go to those songs and there was always some tune. It was like Jesus was my interior DJ. He would spin my uh, playlist, right? And he would give me the the song I needed in the moment. And so, my parents' death, my sister's ALS, my two divorces, unfaithful husbands, traveling, uh, moving from Los Angeles to, to New York City, 
And then from New York of 8 million people to a tiny little sawmill town out here in Oregon of 8,000 people, um, all of those, plus the others that you named, I simply would just pause. I think being still, being still, a tune would come up. And for me right now, today, the tune is one that I mentioned just a minute ago. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he give? Yeah. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. So it, is, it was in those moments. At 9-11, I'm standing on the corner of 47th and 5th Avenue, looking down the avenue, and you could see the Twin Towers at that point. And the first building had been hit. I saw the second hit of the second building with that ball of fire that came toward us. And I immediately got in my purse, got my phone, called my sweet saintly mother back in Ohio. And I said, mom, something awful has happened here in New York. Turn on the TV. And my mom, who believed in and lived in being still, mm. said to me, honey, I was just reading in Jeremiah, and he said that no matter what's going on, God is in charge. Mm. Yeah. And I thought to myself, how could he be in charge of that? The violation, the death, the unknown, what's going to happen after today. But then I realized that he could be in charge of me in it. And I think therein lies the secret that even though we may not have any control of what life is going to do around us, life is neutral, it's going to happen. It is our response to that, as I know you've preached to your, to your friends and your students and your, your uh, people who watch and, and tune in. Mm -hmm. It's always about our response. And if I allow him to be in control of me, which means allowing the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. If I allow those fruit to be in charge of my heart in this moment, even though my city is in complete disarray, I have no idea what's going to happen in the next few moments. I know he can be in charge of me. And I knew just looking around at the people screaming on Fifth Avenue, I thought everybody is panicked. Everyone is in fear. Yeah. And so what we can do to combat fear is to love. And so I just took this one woman who was crying and I just wrapped a stranger. I just wrapped my arms around her mm. and held her until I could feel her body, body settling down. And I think that's the, the answer for all, especially now, even today, that everything is happening in the world and in our nation and in our capital and in our businesses and in our homes. No matter what's going on, he can be in charge of us yeah. in every situation. Wow, and this is so good. Um, I think I'm going to call this Be Still. I wasn't sure what I was going to call it, yes. uh, but I think that's what we need to call it. It's interesting because I always pick a word for the year, you know, mm -hmm. and I always tell people, uh, not just a good word, but a God word. So my whole staff, they always pick a word for the year. Oh, I love that. Um, it was actually, God gave me this word last August and, and it was surrender. Mm -hmm. 
And it just reminds me of being still. And I've actually been kind of going through that Bible verse over and over, you know, love, joy, peace, you know, like if you truly, truly have the Lord in you, you will have those attributes. So let's kind of talk about that a little bit. And I love that you talked about it because the fruit of the spirit, which you talked about all of them, love, joy, peace, those are the top three, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to be in charge of your heart. You know, how do you tangibly help that to happen? Like, let's let's talk through this process. Someone that's maybe never even heard about that uh, Jesus had died for them, that they could be saved uh, first and foremost. But second, how can they truly be still? Like there's, I'm talking to a lot of staff members right now, a lot of students that I have and, and they're really full of major anxiety right now. I've never seen anxiety at an all-time high like it is right now. And like you said, the opposite you know, is love, you know, and that's what I'm trying to do is just love on them, but talk to them right now about the fruits of the spirit, what that exactly means. Yeah. When we give our lives over to Jesus, like I said, he's our friend. He wants to give us all of who he is, which then in any situation that comes, we can depend on those attributes of him to respond appropriately. Mm -hmm. Love and fear are the only two emotion. I mean, when you think about anxiety, worry, concern, jealousy, envy, gossip, all of those things, actually fear, it's like a a, a corporate uh, organizational chart. Fear is at the top and all these other things come from fear. And then you have love. And you have all the aspects of love. The fruit of the spirit is love. And then there's peace and joy and forgiveness. And uh, yeah, forgiveness and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. So you have love and fear. So in any situation, Mm. we have the choice. We are free will. We have the choice to say, I'm going to dive into the fear. I'm going to feel sorry for myself. I'm going to feel victimized. I'm going to be anxious. I'm going to be scared. And my body's going to respond. So therefore, I'm going to get sick. All those things happen because that's a choice. Or we can say, no matter what's going on, I'm going to believe that love, no matter what the question is, love is the answer. Love is the answer. Because love begets peace and peace begets joy and joy and so forth. And it goes all the way through those fruit that I talked about. And beyond that, what I've learned from my heart math study, which you mentioned, is that when our heart, and and I actually called this heart math, is the proof of Christianity. Because when the heart is still, When the heart's rhythm are in this wonderful, balanced wave, it actually sends the right chemicals and hormones and energy waves to the brain so that the brain can then make the decision about how to take action or what words to choose or what steps to take. And so the heart has its own intelligence. And that's why Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your, be anxious about nothing. Don't worry about your life. 
because he knew that the heart, this pumping organ of our body, which we think just pumps out 100,000 gallons of blood a day, but it actually has this intelligence that when we accept him and these fruit of the spirit in our hearts, then the heart sends the right messages to our brain and the brain then puts the body into action that is the most appropriate action. It is the more positive action. And the, what I love about it is that the more positive these emotions are, mm. the more these wonderful chemicals and hormones are ejected into our bodies, released in our bodies. So the more positive I am, the more of these positive things happen within my body, the more positive hormones, chemicals, feelings, waves of love in my body, the more positive I can be. And we call it a virtuous cycle. It just keeps going and going and going. Mm -hmm. Contrary to that is what we call a, a, a vicious cycle in that when we get scared or anxious or worried or um, unhappy or critical, the opposite kinds of chemicals flow into our system. And it's really easy to get caught up in a cesspool, I call it, or a whirlpool of downward flow. And so then for, you have at 16, a suicide note, or you have more kids today taking their lives because they see no end. And a lot of it has to do with the chemical um, releases that are happening in our body because of the anxiety and believing all that we're hearing and seeing in the world. But Jesus comes in and he says, no, no more of this, no more of this. I'm giving you love and peace and joy. And because of that in your heart, your physical heart will give you the strength you need mm. for a sound heart, sound mind and sound body. It's wonderful to find this science that connects itself to the scriptures. I love it. Yeah. I love that you said that. And, and I want to stay on the sound mind, sound heart, and sound body. I love that you talked about that. And I also, I want you to explain that a little bit more clear to our listeners today, because they're thinking, well, my mind is not sound. I don't know what's going on. And I, I almost feel something, I think something that's been really on my mind and is almost as if people like to live in their victimized labels that doctors put on them, you know, like, no, 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 I, I have depression and anxiety, like the doctor says I do. So I'm taking all these medications, you know, and I'm not a doctor and I mean at all, so I'm not going to make a diagnosis at all, you know, but I could imagine like if I had gone to the doctor at 16, I might've been on the same path as my mom who ended up addicted to prescription meds and she's in her eighties now, you know, and she still struggles with it. And that could have been me. Right. And I was like, thank God I found him, you know, in my life to be able to help me through the process. But maybe there's someone listening. They maybe does have God in their heart and Jesus in their heart. And they're still struggling with this. Like what kind of advice can you give them right now today? Ann? it has to be a day to day, yeah. hour by hour, moment by moment, and very often I will say breath by breath, mm. awareness, a choice, a choice to get up a little bit earlier in the morning in order to read inspirational words, the, to read the Bible, to find a translation of the Bible, Bible that speaks to you. The King James may not be it for you, 
but the passion translation could be or the niv finding a translation of the body bible that will speak to you finding really rich and wonderful devotional pieces books uh, pamphlets uh, podcasts that you can listen to that feed your heart just as you would sit down to a beautiful, nutritious dinner that you know every bite, every morsel is going to feed your body with health. We must make the choices, take the time, have the materials, surround ourselves with the friends, a church, a, 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 a small group, anything that can help us because the forces out there are so powerful that yeah. want to keep us so busy that we don't have time. I remember once when I was in New York, I got up and it takes me about 45 minutes to get up out of bed, get in the shower, do my hair, do my makeup, grab my briefcase and out the door, 45 mm -hmm. minutes. And I didn't have any time for devotion that particular morning. I was just busy. I didn't have any time. And I heard what I felt the Lord say to me. And that was, if you will take time for me, I will make time for you. Mm -hmm. In other words, if I were to carve out 15, 20 minutes or whatever it was that I could do, that he would actually stretch the clock. Time doesn't mean anything to him, right? He would stretch the clock so that I could do my devotional be still time. I could get from it what I needed for that moment that day. And I could still get to work by nine o'clock. And sometimes it just amazes me when I think that I'm running out of time and I'm not I'm going to be late for a meeting even now. If Max and I take our time in the morning to pray together, if I take my time to do my reading and my journaling, honestly, it just seems like God stretches the clock. And I have time throughout my day to get everything done that I had planned to do. And if I don't, then it must not have been the thing to do today. But I can at least go to him and say, all right, I took my time with you. So I expect that you will help me make time for these other important things in my life. So good. I love this. I've been studying a lot of uh, Switch on Your Brain, Dr. Caroline Leaf. Um, up right now and she does a lot of 21 day brain detoxes and mm -hmm. and I love what you said too because she helps you kind of get to the root of some of the toxic thoughts you know that you have in patterns and you're right the root it always goes back to fear fear and something like where did that fear come from was that instilled as a young girl like that you know I think a lot of it for me is self-forgiveness you know forgiveness um, of people um, but more so self-forgiveness for myself and have have you coached or counseled anyone that you notice has really been struggling with self-forgiveness and 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 maybe someone right now is listening that's really struggling with that maybe they're not even aware you know what advice would you give them right now for that too no one comes to mind about this specific topic but i know that forgiveness is everything yeah and forgiveness is really a gift we give to ourselves I, at our Destination Rejuvenation Retreat, we ask all of our attendees to take a stick and to go to the edge of the Pacific Ocean there in Laguna Beach and to write in the sand the name of a person or a situation yeah. 
that you are still holding on to that needs to be forgiven and to write it in the sand and then to stand there and watch as the water comes up and takes it away. Wow. So what was there in the sand a moment ago when the water comes up, all of a sudden now it's like a blank computer screen. It's just beautiful, empty, it's gone. And then you look out at the vastness of the ocean and you realize that that thing that maybe you've been carrying for decades has now been gone to the depths of the sea. And there was one of our attendees one year that didn't want to go down to the sea, to the shore. She didn't want to do the exercise. So she and three of her friends didn't come after the class to do the exercise at the beach. But the next morning we were out on the beach doing laughter yoga. And I looked up the beach and here came all four of them running as fast as they could. And she came right up to me and said to me, eye to eye, <laughs> it's not mine anymore. And she had to work with it overnight to realize she was ready to release it and to write it in the sand. And I believe that it's a form of prayer as we do that, writing it in the sand, writing it on a piece of paper. One time I had a list of things that I needed to know beyond any doubt that I had let go of. I wrote it on a piece of paper. I burned the paper, so now I have ashes. I took the ashes into my kitchen and I put them into my garbage disposal, turned on the hottest water I could, flipped on the switch of the disposal. And when I walked out of my kitchen, I felt mm. it was gone. It's not mine anymore. Yeah. So for those who may be listening and who are struggling and still holding on, to something. It isn't something that you have to say what you did to me was okay. You don't have to approve of that situation as it was. But what you're doing is you're saying, I'm not going to allow this thing, this person, this incident to keep me from enjoying all that God has for me. And it's not mine anymore. And mm -hmm. so that prayer of, of asking him to take it so that we can walk in his light fearless and in love it's uh talk about breathing it is the most deep satisfying enriching breath you will ever take so good and oh my gosh so many things come to mind right now of just the fact that you know i feel like i know someone's listening and i know i've been coaching a lot of people through this process and i think this is the answer right here like forgiveness is just the key to being free like if you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious like the severe anxiety it could be just this simple exercise that you need to do you know and talk about why forgiveness is so important and maybe the listeners listening and thinking well why do i need to forgive others like let's talk about that <laughs> yeah it's it is about our forgiving others but and it is also about is there someone that i need to ask to forgive me because yeah. it goes both ways. And so you might think about that too. Is there someone that you feel, and it could be a letter. Sometimes they, I've, I've had counselors say, just write the letter. Yeah. You may not ever send it, but just that purging of how you're really feeling, whether you're asking forgiveness or willing to forgive someone else, it, it allows you to get it out and then you might just put that letter away and never put a stamp on it and mail it. But it is a, and it is a wonderful way to express and to release your, your own um, 
connection with it and the lock, lock. that it has yeah. on you. Um, why forgiveness? I don't know, but it must have been really important because it's the last thing Jesus did yeah. before he breathed his last breath. Father, yeah. forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Just forgive them. And so if it's good enough for him in that moment of mm -hmm. his life and his ministry, then I think that it must be the most important thing that he wants us to do. And we really can't pray the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors unless we have this cleansing of this harboring yeah. of, of non-forgiveness in our hearts. It's so amazing because all of the things that God asks us to do, you know, to be obedient and all of the things, and it's just, it's, it's actually freeing. And okay. I want to hear about the heart math and laughter yoga. Like I've never heard of laughter yoga and I've never heard of heart math. So tell me what that is and how can people be a part of these destination rejuvenation retreats? I think oh, I want to come to this next oh, one. one. Heart <laughs> math. I learned about in the early 2000s, we were at a convention and I went to their booth and I picked up all the information about heart math. And it is, as I was talking about before, it is a way of combining breath with gratitude, which sets the heart in a pace, in a rhythm, as I mentioned, that sends hormones and chemicals to the brain so that the brain can then take positive action. Mm -hmm. And if you want more information on the science behind all of it, yeah. you can go on, go to the Institute of HeartMath.org. The Institute of HeartMath is all the science end. And then the commercial end is HeartMath.com. So um, I've been a, a certified trainer for them since that first introduction. And I think I trained over 2,500 salon professionals within the Redken world um, before I, I retired. It became the thing that I felt was the most important. But here's what we learn. We learn that the breath reduces adrenaline. It neutralizes adrenaline. Adrenaline goes into effect when we are in a fight or flight situation. And every single day from the minute we turn the TV on in the morning, we listen to our car radio on the way to work. We're constantly involved with conversations that may or may not be positive. There's this adrenaline that's flowing at chronic levels in our system. And it keeps the anxiety at a higher peak than we've ever been before. Mm. What HeartMath has learned is that when we take a deep breath, just that neutralizes the adrenaline. Wow. There's a, there are two hormones at play. One is called DHEA, which is this positive hormone I've been talking about that comes from the heart. Mm -hmm. And a hormone called cortisol, which is, it, it works in tandem with adrenaline. So what the researchers at HeartMath have found is that in order to release more of DHEA, which is the positive emotion hormone, if we combined a breath with a feeling of gratitude, a feeling, not just thinking of something or visualizing something, 
but to have a feeling to to replay a, a wonderful vacation that we've had or the moment you held your grandbaby for the first time those wonderful feelings of joy if we can combine a breath with gratitude within us it actually sends this wonderful positive emotion hormone DHEA and a relaxation hormone into play and it keeps us calm. If in fact we are caught up in all of the anxiety, we're listening to the news, we're arguing with our family, we're worried about finances, what happens is that cortisol combines itself with adrenaline and keeps us in this fight or flight mode. And there are very many um, health benefits to the positive side, of course. There are very many health detriments when we constantly live in this, this cycle, the vicious cycle of cortisol and adrenaline. So all that's just a little bit of the science, but that is what heart math is all about. So to walk away from this conversation today, and in those moments when you're beginning to feel tense mm -hmm. or anxious or worried or concerned, take a breath, Allow yourself to relive a wonderful experience or to think about someone you love or something you have mm. that allows you to feel gratitude, appreciation, thanksgiving. That's why Paul wrote, do not be anxious about anything, but in, all, in every situation, in all things, with prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, Make your needs known to God and the peace of Jesus Christ will be with you. And so what we want to do is breathe, be grateful, and his peace will come and our bodies will be relaxed and our minds will be clear. Our communications will be deep and our lives will be full. Mm, the I promise. Yeah, it's the scientific approach. In terms of laughter yoga. I want to hear all about laughter yeah, yoga. Laughter yoga. That's my kind of yoga. <laughs> yes. We do this on the beach in Laguna. Laughter yoga okay. started in India. Dr. Katana well, is a physical doctor. His wife was a yogi. And in India, you really can't, when you go out in public, you can't really look eye to eye to people right. and, or speak. So they would go to a public park and they would just get in a circle with folks and give them these crazy childlike exercises. Yeah. One would be like, runaway lawnmower and on the count of three one two three every participant would take and they would just start running around the park like they were going after a runaway lawnmower and it would incite this childlike crazy loud laughter mm -hmm. and they found that these people who were coming every day to laughter yoga were exercising their diaphragm they were expanding their lungs they were getting more oxygen to their brain their hearts were more healthy and so the health benefits of laughter became the target and the focus of this yoga so it's not laying down on a yoga mat and and um, you know being quiet like regular yoga it is up and around and at the end of every exercise you say very good very good yay and you celebrate each other and you do it for about 30 minutes and at the end of it you're not only invigorated 
you're exhausted. <laughs> it is just a beautiful exercise to do. So laughter yoga, you can go online and most cities, most towns will have a laughter yoga group, laughteryoga.com. And you can go for free. Doesn't cost anything to join. Just show up. Yeah. And you do the laughter yoga for about 30 minutes at the beginning of your day, mostly in the mornings they meet. And um, it's just a really fun, childlike, healthy exercise that we love to include in Destination. That is so cool. Talk to me about Destination and how can people get involved? When is, when's your next retreat plan, mm -hmm. I should say? Yeah, you know, I just talked to Mary the other day and it yeah. is in May. We're praying yeah. that COVID will allow us to meet yeah, yeah. the first weekend in May. She did tell me that we are sold out at this point, but there could very well be people who, when they get closer to the date, they're going to have to redo their plans. Yes. So if you want to know anything about it, there is a website Mary has. It's destinationrejuvenation.com. And her name is Mary Wilson, as you know. And uh, she was the one that came up with it. I wrote the, the book that you mentioned, Get Glowing. And it is all about being the star right where you are. And we take the five points of the star that we are, mm. physically, our bodies, mentally, our thoughts, emotionally, our relationships, financially, our money and resources, and then spiritually, what do we do with our spiritual calling that each one of us have, our spiritual purpose, and the gifts and talents we've been given, what are we doing with them? And are we being, are they being used in the way that we really feel God wants them to be? So wow. that's destination. Yeah. I cannot wait to read your book. That sounds like a book that we're going to have to do with my salon team. So what we do is we pick a book um, every, every few weeks or whatever, or we might even read a book for a whole year, depending on, you know, the meat of the book. Uh, but we'll do that with our team. And so we don't just train, obviously, in technical uh, material, but we also train in material just like this. And so um, how can people get a hold of your book and so that they can make sure they can order it? You know what? The other day I went on Amazon and I think I saw Get Glowing for like 99 cents. I'm not sure what it was that you found, but yeah. uh, that's the only place. I It was self-published okay. and, and yet Amazon has it. There are probably some used copies out there. Um, and then I had a second book that I wrote about, um, oh, I guess it was about five years ago. And I called it Illuminate, Radiate, Resonate. Mm. And it Illuminate is you are the light of the world. Radiate is you're a star right where you are. And resonate is you're a true work of heart. And so it, it's more of a, a teaching memoir. Okay. Than Get glowing is this is more of a training about, you know, the five points of your star and how to keep them shining brightly every day. Okay. But uh, illuminate is, is really more of a, a teaching uh, I mean, just a memoir, my life. Oh, nice. Okay. Is that Amazon as well? It is. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. I wish we had more time to spend with one uh, another, but uh, oh my gosh. Um, and advice for salons right now. You're seeing what's happening in our world. Um, I hate to use the overused word pivot, how we're having to pivot <laughs> through this whole COVID thing. And what, what's your best advice that you would give salon owners right now? I 
I can't imagine what you're going through. Your doors have been closed. Your clients want you. You want them. They need you. You need them. I get all of that. And I just, I just want you to know that there is always hope. There is hope for the, the, uh, the ability for us, first of all, to cling to the fact that God has a plan for you, for your business. Mm -hmm. And as long as you can stay together, lift each other up, believe that the best is yet to come and that there will be light. There is light, not will be. Yeah. There is light now. And to continue to keep yourself bolstered, allowing the people around you to feel that, that reverberation of your own faith and your own belief and your own knowledge that you're getting from um, the, the, um, the research that you're doing. Yeah. I, I just, I know that he's not going to let you down. I know that he wants so much for you. He wants to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. And so I would just suggest every single day and moment by moment, just to say, what is it that you have for us? Show me the way, give me the signs, send me the people. And I believe that as we ask, he will answer. Promised. Yeah. It's a promise. It's a promise. So just keep, yeah. keep your faith. Yeah, keep your faith. Good things are on their way. I love that you said, you know, lift each other up and stay together. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, our pastor yesterday, and I was shocked by this number. Again, I, I don't know if I'm living under a rock or what's going on here and with me, but he said 35% of the people in his church have stopped going. And he said that's been um, the nationwide have stopped going to church. And for whatever reason, uh, fear probably, um, who knows, you know, what it is, but speak to them right now um, that have stopped going to church and stopped um, gathering together and connecting with people. Thank you for asking this because we had a guest speaker yesterday at our church and he made the point and it is so true, so real right now. We are the church. So we don't have to depend on getting in a car and going to a building on Sunday. 35% are not, but guess what? They're still the church. Yeah. And so his advice was for us to be the church in our community. You can be the church in your, in your salon or in your business. You can be the church in your neighborhood. Yeah. I have a friend just two doors down who's got you know, hospice. She's dying of cancer. And I heard the spirit speak to me last week to say, you can't walk into her home because of COVID, first of all, but she's sick yeah. and very vulnerable. But you can make a video a one minute text video and send her videos every day and let her know that you love her and you're praying for her and you're, you, you know, you're there, you'll do laundry for her or go to the grocery store. And so I've been sending these one minute videos and that's the church. And so in these times when it just seems like everything that we have ever known about the, the ecclesiastical church the gathering where people would come and listen to a sermon and give their offering and pray and sing. It may not be that way for a long time, but we can still be the church in our neighborhood with our families 
in our business. And that's what we're called to do, not to go to church, but to send, be sent by the church into the world. And um, that's what we're doing in our own community. My husband and I are deciding we're going to just take care of our neighbors and we will continue to go to church, but it, it's not going to be as we've known it in the past. Yeah. It is what it is now. And it's the way that the Lord is leading us. Uh, take care of each other. Take care of each other. And we're going to be just fine. And in the end, guess what? We win. The Bible yeah. says in the end, we win. So whether we're here yeah. or whether we're in heaven, we win. We win. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Yes, that's so good. I love that you said that, Anne, because um, the COVID actually gave me the opportunity to spend more time with God last year. Mm -hmm. And so I've actually spent a lot more time because I've been homebound more, right? And so I took advantage of that opportunity and I started doing some spiritual co courses on the Holy Spirit and different things like that and that I've never done before. So I thought it was so neat, you know, and so I just pray that over every mm -hmm. listener of this right now too, Anne. And and so what, what last piece of advice do you want to give everyone? Anne? And what's the best way to connect with you and to find you and hear more from you and too, because you are incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Thank wow. you so much, Tina. I am not a 21st century digital queen. It's not. <laughs> I have a Facebook, uh, you know, I'm posting, but I have 5,000 friends and they won't let me have any more on that. Exactly. I do a little thing called a cup of time that I'll take a, a mug like this that maybe someone gave us. This one says strong and wise through his eyes. And I'll do a little spiritual um, moment around a cup of time on YouTube. So you can go to Ann Mincy on YouTube. And I think three or four or five of those are recorded there. I haven't done one in a long time, but I'm getting inspired to pick that back up. Yay. Again. <laughs> Instagram, I started to do it and it's fallen through the cracks. So the best way, if you want to connect with me, and I don't mind this at all. My personal email, my mm. personal email is Anne Jatan, that's lowercase A N N J E T T O N, the number three, Anne Jatan three at gmail.com. And uh, if you, you know, if you don't hear back from me, maybe it's because I didn't recognize you and it went into another pouch on my computer, yeah. <laughs> but I will find you. I will yeah. find you and I will write you back. Yes. And she does. She's very good at it. And so what last piece of advice to be still that you want to give everybody today as we close hmm. this out? Before you, as you wake up in the morning, before you stir, be still. As you grab your first cup of coffee and before you take your bit, your first sip, be still. Before you put your ignition car and a key in the ignition of your car to go someplace, just be still. As you come home and you turn on your stove to start cooking dinner, be still. Just those moments throughout the day where you can catch yourself thinking about something, getting anxious about something, being worried about something, simply be still and know that he is God. My daddy used to say, God is. So what's the matter? Yeah. <laughs> God is so what's the matter what's the matter yeah be yeah. still God is thanks for listening and don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.com
www.thepodcastmovement.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.